0: What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now this is some of the most dynamic, cutting edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators, but you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on City Cash Chicago, it's week two of the ComEd4 trial. That's the Fed's case alleging executives and lobbyists at the utility giant bribed lawmakers in Springfield to get sweet deals. WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney tells what we've learned so far in one of the state's largest political corruption cases in more than a decade. And what's still to come? It's Monday, March 20th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this what Chicago's talking about. Dave, before we get into the details, which there are a lot of people are going to hear about racketeering, secret tapes, the Chicago machine. Before we get into that, can you tell listeners why should they even care about this trial? Right. If you don't follow politics or you don't know who some of these players are, how does this affect everyday Chicagoans like me and many of the people listening?
1: Well, look, if, if you're a homeowner and and for a lot of uh, uh, renters, apartment dwellers, you get a a, a a bill in the mail every month from Commonwealth Edison for your lights, and and that's what this is about. This there, there are 3.8 million ComEd customers in Northern Illinois, uh, and and the what they're paying for their electricity is determined by Springfield, by legislators in Springfield, by uh, state regulators in Springfield, and this trial is is basically built around how. Uh, Allegedly, a group of former ComEd executives and lobbyists conspired to try to bribe the former Illinois House speaker into passing legislation that was favorable to Commonwealth Edison, meaning it made made their company more profitable and, you know, conceivably cost customers more money.
0: Mm. You and your colleagues at WBEZ first broke the story of alleged corruption back in 2019. What were the first things that you all learned back then?
1: What was involved here? We knew that there were people close to the speaker, former Speaker uh, Madigan, uh, whose homes were being raided by the FBI. Uh, There was also uh, a state senator, uh, the, the late Marty Sandoval, who had his office at the Capitol rated by federal agents, and, and some of what was taken from that office involved uh, documents pertaining to ComEd and Exelon. So we knew there, were, th- there was politics at play, and we knew ComEd uh, was somehow involved in it. And then subsequently in 2020, the feds and ComEd reached an agreement in which uh, the feds set us as- they, they offered to set aside a bribery charge against ComEd in exchange for ComEd cooperating with their ongoing criminal investigation for three years and agreeing to pay a $200 million fine, which is a record for one of these types of uh, agreements in the Northern District of Illinois.
0: So at this point with ComEd admitting to some wrongdoing, is the company off the hook and now trials just focus on the players on the ground? That's
1: that's accurate. They are not going to be subject to any criminal charges here. You know, it's the former CEO of ComEd and uh, you know, in business circles in Chicago. She was one of the rising stars, one of the most prominent, if not the most prominent female business executive in Chicago uh, while she was at ComEd and later at Exelon. Uh, <laughs> there is there an underling of hers uh, uh, named John Hooker. He worked at ComEd uh for, for decades, became a consultant. There's another guy named uh, uh, Jay Doherty, who uh, was a consultant slash lobbyist for ComEd. Uh, he ran something in, in Chicago called the City Club of Chicago. And it, it was a, a place where, uh, you know, business and political insiders would meet. Uh, and then finally, the other player in it is this guy named Mike McClain, who is a, you know, the consummate Springfield insider. He, he uh, served in the legislature with Madigan back in the 1970s and then beginning in the early 80s, uh, became a lobbyist. And one of his earliest clients was ComEd. And for for decades, McLean represented ComEd. Uh, and, and McLean was was really kind of the, the consigliere, you could say, uh, for, for all the Godfather fans out there that, uh, you know, to Madigan, where, mm-hmm. you know, there probably was no closer advisor that Madigan had than Mike McClain.
0: And these four people that you just named have been noted as the ComEd four. And these are the individuals on trial for their close ties to Mike Madigan, who, just to be clear, is not on trial now. Mike Madigan's separate trial begins in April of 2024. What exactly are these four individuals being accused of?
1: Well, they're, you know, in, in the most basic terms, they're accused of being involved in a bribery scheme to, to shower Madigan with, uh, well, Madigan's political supporters, to shower them with, you know, high paying jobs at, at ComEd that involve little to no work. The end the aim here was by, by, you know, by rewarding Madigan's political supporters uh, with with jobs like this, all in an effort to try to, to have Madigan go easy on whatever ComEd wanted to get passed through Springfield. And there were some major pieces of legislation that passed between 2011 and 2019 when this this scheme was hatched.
0: Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? well with aligner experts there's no reason for you to diminish your smile as orthodontists they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence yet there always seems to be a deterrent i ain't got the time i don't have the funds luckily aligner experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting-edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. What are some of those uh, pieces of legislation not to get lost in the weeds, but h- how did those impact people like myself like you who are getting these com ed bills?
1: Yeah, and I, I mean as somebody who spent a lot of time at the State House like these these bills whenever they would surface you, bills that dealt with utility law, they're some of the most densest types of legislation there is. If you were to to, to go into the, the house or the Senate and ask a rank and file member what was in this you know 2500 page Comed bill, no one would be able to decipher it. Legislators were operating really out of a, many of them were operating out of a, a sense of ignorance, and so they they had to kind of trust uh, the, the the legislative staffs, Madigan's office, the, the legislative leaders to decipher what all this was. If you go back to 2011, there was a bill called the Smart Grid bill, in which Comed said it was it was going to help them and ensure greater reliability across their power grids and supposedly stop power outages from happening on a on a broad scale. They re-outfitted pretty much every home and business in their in their territory with with new what they called smart readers, you know, uh, electricity readers. But at the same time, they also slipped in language that that changed the way that their rates were calculated. And that's where consumers to your, to your initial question, of why should why should consumers care? Well, that bill in particular, that law changed the way comed was able to set its rates and the result from that if you talk to consumer act activists like Illinois perg uh, is one of them uh, Illinois AARP is another they will tell you that that cost that that act alone cost Illinois ratepayers hundreds of millions of dollars since 2011 and so you can see right there that is the dollar and cents the pocketbook piece of this that matters uh, but but you know the other part of this trial Jacoby is that it pulls a curtain back on how uh, how Michael Madigan, the longest-serving Speaker of any House in America, uh, how he operated, and and you know what we've seen at trial in two days so far is is basically you know this fellow I mentioned, uh, Mike McLean. Some of the most sensitive issues involving Madigan, political issues, he would communicate through McLean. Lobbyist for an entity that is a, you know, state regulated entity. I mean, the guy was legendary for, you know, supposedly being so disciplined and careful and smarter than everyone else in Springfield because he wrote many of the laws that exist.
0: We're just in week two of the trial. Have there been any major surprises that we've learned thus far?
1: Well, on Thursday, there was a major surprise. When the Me Too movement hit, it did not spare Springfield. There were there were some legislators who who got uh, ensnared in that and lost their jobs, and and one of them was a state representative from Skokie named Lou Lang. He was accused uh, initially by a woman of of sexual harassment, and there was a uh, an investigation that occurred, and he was cleared of that. And what we learned last Thursday was that uh, that there was an additional set of. Accusations that never became public involving Lang. There was a woman who claimed that he had invited her up to his hotel room to talk about a bill at one point and was prepared to make public accusations that she had been sexually harassed by him. She offered not to go public with that so long as Madigan did not elevate Lang into leadership again. And, and so what we heard in court last Thursday. Were a series of recordings that involved Madigan and McLean and Lang talking about this situation. Madigan was very concerned about it. Wanted him out. Wanted Lang out of this job, and 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 designated McLean to be his emissary to communicate that to Lang. The whole courtroom turned silent when those Madigan tapes were played because it was the first time that we've heard Madigan's voice, uh, you know, during this criminal trial.
0: Just very quickly, how m- much do they have? I've heard so many headlines about these tapes. Just how many of them are there?
1: Well, during uh, opening statements, the prosecution said that they intend to play more than 100 recordings that they have. Um, and and that, uh, that's an avalanche of, of recordings that they have involving these four defendants. You know, it's very interesting with these juries when they they hear these recordings, they often have a very profound effect on juries.
0: In the face of all of these witnesses, all of these tapes, what have we heard from the comment for his defense so far?
1: Well, I mean, you know, about this particular situation, what uh, one attorney for, for uh, the attorney for McLean argued was there's nothing illegal about the Speaker of the House conveying a message to someone through an intermediary. Nothing illegal about that. And arguably that's probably accurate. But when you sit back for a moment and you think about the person who is delivering these types of messages for the Speaker of the Illinois House happens to be a lobbyist for some of the most powerful corporate players in Illinois with business before Madigan in the Illinois House, it, it it becomes pretty clear that if nothing else in the most innocent construction there's a pretty clear cut conflict of interest under, under you know going out
0: here dave you've so clearly covered illinois politics for a long time as we listen to you you have such a deep well to pull from which in a way makes me think we know what Illinois, Chicago's reputation is, that corruption in Illinois go hand to hand like peanut butter and jelly. You've covered former Speaker Madigan for a long time. You know the power he wielded for decades. If the feds convict any of the comment for, do you think that will have a real impact on the way politics and business is done in Illinois?
1: Well, I, I mean, anytime that these these. You know, high profile political corruption trials. There's always a rush in Springfield to try to, to get political cover, you know, to, to pass some sort of ethics plan that, you know, on paper, it looks like it does something. But in the end, it, it you know may not be as it, it typically is never as, as as tough or as strident as good government groups want. And, and it always kind of reminds me, very, very early in my journalistic career, one of the things I, I was assigned to do as a general assi- assignment reporter was to cover uh, th- this situation in the northwest suburbs in which a husband and a wife were serial bank robbers. And, and they were just holding up these, these bank branches over and over and over again, not getting caught. And then finally, the feds did catch up with them. But the long and short of it is during that coverage of all of that. I had an FBI guy tell me one time that bank robbers think that they're always smarter than the last bank robber that got caught. And, and you know, I would say that that same kind of overlay works with politicians. And and, and I, I don't mean to, you know, with a broad brush, paint every politician in in our government, state and local as corrupt because they're not. But the ones who are, it's It's amazing how they can live through a Blagojevich or live through a George Ryan or or any of these other cases, Madigan especially, because he lived through it all, and and sort of think that they are smarter than the last person who got caught. This trial is is one of the biggest and most high-profile corruption trials we have seen in Illinois in the last decade.
0: Just listening to you answer that, I, I can already imagine people thinking, yeah, I won't move like Mike Madigan or your Ed Burks. They were they were dinosaurs. They, they didn't know that technology would come back and catch them. I'll do it better. And the truth is, you probably won't. And we're going to be having this conversation yet again about another crop of politicians. Dave, I appreciate you joining the CityCast to update on the con mayor for trial. Uh, we will continue to provide um, coverage for our listeners. Thank you so much.
1: Jacoby, thank you for having me.
0: before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Early voting begins in all 50 wards and plus the two downtown sites today. Check the Chicago Board of Elections sites for your ward address. The former mayoral candidates have started lining up behind the two remaining hopefuls. Brandon Johnson picked up endorsements from state rep Cam Buckner and Congressman Chewy Garcia, while Paul Vallis secured Willie Wilson and Jamal Green. Heads up for commuters. Construction on the Kennedy from the Edens Junction to Ohio Street starts today. And some good news to get you through. The Gene Siskel Film Center in the Loop is celebrating legendary composer John Williams all week, playing some of the classic movies he helped score. You can see Hitchcock's Family Plot today, Spielberg's Close Encounters Wednesday, and later this week, the 1978 OG Superman. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, for events, news, and today for some things to know this tax season. We'll talk to you tomorrow when we're breaking down some city council news, everything from all the runoffs, notable endorsements, and upcoming forums. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Looks like I just closed it down. I have to open it back up. I got to open it back up. Open it back up. (laughs)